Achieving Strategic Enrollment Health. I cannot imagine a more important topic for colleges and universities right now as we continue to navigate this new normal while also figuring out how to meet our institution's enrollment targets. I'm pleased to be speaking today with enrollment management expert, Tim Fuller. Tim is our featured presenter on this topic at our upcoming Leading Edge Thinking in Higher Education webinar, which is scheduled for January 19th at 12 o'clock noon Eastern time. As someone with deep and successful experience in leading enrollment operations on the campus level, Tim has recently worked with institutions all over the country, first in his capacity as owner, senior vice president and consultant with Credo, and now is founder of his own consulting firm, Fuller Higher Ed Solutions. We will include a link in the show notes with more details, and we'll also include the registration link for the upcoming webinar. For now, Tim, welcome to the Ingenious You community. Thank you, Melissa. Nice to be with you. Thanks for asking and uh, looking forward to the conversation. Wonderful. And I know you do a lot of thinking about this topic and you have for many, many years. So we are excited uh, about today's conversation, but also to hear the deep dive that you will be doing at the webinar. Now, before we, uh, before we step back and hear about the webinar, I know that our listeners would like to know a little bit about your background. So can you tell us about your career pathway and how did you become an expert in all things enrollment related? Well, uh, you know, in, in uh, 40 years of hanging around enrollment, Melissa, I've only, only twice have I, met, have I met a student who, in talking about their career goals, would say, oh, I want to work in admissions someday. So I think a lot of us end up in this world, uh, I won't say by accident, because I think there's often a lot of purpose behind it. But yeah, my, basically my resident director from my undergraduate days after I graduated became the director of admission at my alma mater. And a year or so after I graduated, he called me up one day and said, hey, you want to be an admission counselor? And that started a 27-year career at my alma mater, Houghton College. And I followed him up the ranks. When he left, I became the chief enrollment officer and held that role for my last 15 of those 27 years before leaving to join Credo and then, uh, as you said, starting my own thing. So, yeah, it wasn't something I, I grew up planning to do that someday, but it really has been a, a career of using, of using gifts and abilities and things that I enjoy doing. Uh, and so it's been a, it's been a, it's been hard work. Uh, it's been challenging work, and let's just say the work has gotten more challenging. We'll get into that with some other questions and the, what we talked about in the webinar, too. But it's been very rewarding, too, especially when I, when I pause and, and think about the number of students that either directly or indirectly I've had the honor of facilitating something about their college choice. I mean, even now in the, in the consulting role where I'm yet another layer or two removed from the actual student and parent and the traditional side making a decision. It's a real honor to think you, you play a role in people making decisions like that that are so important, so transformational, so life-changing. Well, indeed, and for you, it, it, it sounds like you're coming full circle, thinking back to how you got uh, brought into higher education in the first place, and now you are paying it forward 
in the work that you have done in mentoring so many, so many younger folks uh, across the course of your, your lifetime. So thank you for sharing that. Now, I just read an article a couple of weeks ago about the increased anxiety that enrollment managers are experiencing right now in this era of heightened and ever-increasing uncertainty. And I know you're out talking to a lot of folks on campuses around the country. What's your take on this? And from your conversations and your work with enrollment managers, what are, what are you hearing? Um, and let me say, at the risk of stating the obvious, what, uh, how do you account for the heightened anxiety among enrollment folks in particular? Yeah, I think there's more attention to it now. I think the pandemic has uh, focused, increased, whatever word we want to use to describe that, some of that anxiety, but it's been there for a while. Uh, we were, I mean, we referred to the demographic cliff that's coming in a couple of years from traditional, the projections of traditional high school graduates, especially uh, in places that get snow uh, and, and uh, what that will look like and have an impact. But and I've been using the term for a while now. It's been open season on enrollment leaders for at least a decade. People's livelihoods depend on, can we get enough students? And so uh, I, I think that has, been a, uh, that has been a challenge for enrollment leaders for a while. Um, because of competition, because of expectations, people don't want to pay much for it, but they expect to have 38 on, on the for choices for lunch, just in the hot food, much less anything else, and 24-7 access to counseling and indoor 150-foot climbing walls, but yet they don't want, so they want all the stiff, but they don't want to pay for it necessarily. So that creates some challenges. Competition creates challenges. Uh, even some of the rhetoric about, is college worth it? Uh, in, a, in a time like this, uh, when employers are trying to fill jobs and it's challenging to do so. And McDonald's is averaging wages that's high, that are higher for a starting worker than some colleges would typically pay for some support staff positions. I mean, all of that creates some real competition for the student who goes, I don't know if I really need to go to college uh, or not. So I think that contributes. I, I think the other thing that, that contributes to that anxiety is I like to say it takes a campus to recruit a student uh, and sometimes mobilizing in a time, and let's say that again, the pandemic has exacerbated this at a time when uh, I know a couple of my faculty friends who during the pandemic have just said, I'm not sure I can do this anymore. The strain, uh, you know, I got into this because I love relating to students and now I'm doing that virtually and behind a mask when it's in person and I can't have them to my home. It's really hard in that kind of a setting to then take the scraps of time that faculty may perceive they have left to mobilize them effectively to help in the recruitment process too. So I think there's, I think, yeah, I think the anxiety is real and I don't think it's going away. And, uh, and so part of what we'll talk about in, in the webinar is, so how do you organize? What are the things you need to be thinking about in order to uh, maximize enrollment at a time when that's really challenging. And there's a, and when there's so much pressure on you um, yeah, in right. terms of 
expectations. So what words of advice do you have for your colleagues who are in the trenches right now, working very, very hard to bring in next year's class? And what words of advice do you have for their supervisors? I'm thinking about the presidents and the, the provosts um, in terms of how they should be thinking about enrollment. Because I, I know that sometimes that the pressure that the folks in the trenches are feeling it comes whether it's directly or not from those above them. So what what advice do you have? Well, it might be it might be similar advice to both of them. So at least one thing would be don't forget about blocking and tackling. I I think what I find in my work on campuses, and this is true in small places, but also large places, is sometimes there's been way too much reliance on if we spend a lot of money on this, this thing will be some sort of silver bullet. I don't think that that's proven to be the case as often as what I find too often is people have forgotten the basics of when a student expresses interest, we need to respond in a timely way. We need to build some personal connection and relationship with them. And we need to mobilize others, faculty, coaches, student life professionals, upperclassmen, alumni to be helpful in that process as well. So I think for both for both the supervisor, if I'm thinking about the vice president for enrollment, the president, and for those people in the VP dean roles and the middle manager roles that are so important to enrollment success, be really careful about chasing, uh, chasing uh, innovation. And in the meantime, forgetting blocking and tackling. I'm, I'm was working with one campus where the president said to me in a confidential moment, you know, I'm not sure my vice president for enrollment is innovative enough for us to what we need right now. I said to this president, well, with all due respect, the reason why we're here talking about your enrollment is because for the last seven years, all you've done is chase innovation and spent wads of money on it. And in the meantime, You've forgotten what got you to the point of strong enrollment before that happened. And that was you out hustled people. You, you followed up with people thoroughly. You created marvelous campus guest experiences for people. And now you have much more of a field of dreams thing. We built it and they'll they'll figure it out because we're we're really good. Well, it's a competitive marketplace and you can't do that. So yeah, if I were if I could pick one thing it'd be the blocking and tackle. And, the, and then if I was gonna add a second to that, it's hard to block and tackle if you don't have the right data uh, and the right systems that are generating that data efficiently. Um, and then the discipline to, to follow the really important steps. I mean, lots of higher ed gathers data religiously, but sometimes stops there and doesn't look at it and figure out what it means and then ask the important question of so what, now what? Uh, so I, those those would be my couple of points that I think more of higher education could benefit from. Yeah, boy, that's so wise. And I know you're going to unpack all of this in more detail at the webinar. So let me just end by asking you about the webinar. Can you give us a high level overview? There are a few specifics that attendees can expect to walk away with. And then let me just, my final question, I guess, is what what would you say to somebody who is wondering why they should consider attending this. Well, uh, let me start with one reason you shouldn't consider attending this because 
that's a really bold title of achieving strategic enrollment health. So let's just agree that listening to the webinar, suddenly the angels will not start singing and strategic enrollment health will happen like that on your campus. So I, I, I'm a practitioner, Melissa. I'm, uh, and so that's the approach I'm trying to take is under that umbrella of it takes a campus to recruit a student. What does moment team, what others need to be thinking about and working on, uh, both from the kind of the tactical side, while we won't go deep, go deep diving into tactics, uh, we will talk about some of the key tactical things uh, that, that are important to do, but then also at the strategic side. And one, maybe one hint to think about is it, that it's really important uh, it, it, in, in recruiting students is, so what do we offer? Why should a student consider us? And, and, and while we've talked mostly about traditional students, same thing's true for post-traditional learners. Why should, one of, why should a potential student consider us? What is it that we are offering in and out of the classroom? How do we offer those things? Delivery modality is part of that, but, uh, but how do we tell the story of why I should choose your nursing program versus the nursing program someplace else? Uh, how do we illustrate that on the website? How do we make a compelling case for it? Um, so we'll talk about the importance of programs. And at least sometimes when I talk to enrollment leaders, they say, well, boy, that's outside my pay grade. No, I don't think so. I think if you're an enrollment manager, it's licensed to meddle uh, in all kinds of things because you're the one person on the campus sometimes who has a pulse on the, on the marketplace. So it's really important that you see your, your role and your team's role as a scout on this important area of programs, both about what could you be offering that you're not offering now and what's the marketplace thinking about your existing program. Those are really wise and helpful words to end on. Thanks again, Tim, for your time today. We are so looking forward to the webinar on January 19th, where you will be sharing many more insights and strategies for achieving strategic enrollment health. This topic has relevance for all sizes and kinds of higher education institutions, as well as for individuals who are in the chief enrollment officer role, as well as anybody who helps to support enrollment. Again, the webinar is scheduled for January 19th at 12 o'clock noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and the link can be found in the show notes for this episode. That's all for now. Wishing all of our listeners a wonderful holiday season. Stay healthy and be well. Mm -hmm.